Go to Health, your guide to fitness and well-being for 2018 with Francis Cook. Hi, I'm Francis Cook. Welcome to the show. When you're short on money, just about everything becomes more difficult. It's hard to get a house that's warm and dry. I remember all too well living in places where a breeze would rattle through the room even when all the doors and windows were shut. It's also hard to feed yourself properly. Fruit and veggies are expensive and only became more expensive through 2017. It's cheaper to buy stacks of white bread and wheat bix, which will at least technically stop you feeling hungry. It's also hard to plan for the future. You're in survival mode and focusing all of your energy on getting through right now. Good luck with putting aside savings or thinking about taking a course to get you into a well-paid job when you're dealing with all of that. Obviously, these add up to causing some health problems that can often make the money situation even worse. So what's happening here? And what should we be doing about it as a society? Go to Health, your guide to fitness and well-being for 2018 with Francis Cook. I'm joined now by Philippa Howden-Chapman, Professor of Public Health at the University of Otago, Wellington. Now, there are lots of things we can do as individuals to try and improve our health, but there's also this wider social issue of health and pressures that I think can make it extremely difficult for people to look after themselves. So what sorts of things crop up when a person doesn't have much money? What sort of health problems start to occur? Well, someone who hasn't got much money is either on a benefit or on one of the low wages. And so they're often and they're often on shift work. So they're often having to run from one job to another or look to see where the specials are in food. And um, unfortunately, the specials in food tend to be fizzy drinks or high-fat food or um, chips if they're feeling really hungry. So um, one, of the, one of the really difficult things to do, unless you're lucky enough to have a garden, a space for a garden, is to eat healthily. And um, that becomes a problem then if you don't eat healthily because you start to put on weight and then you get tired and you're more likely to get sick. So that that those basic things of trying to eat fruit and um, good food and not have fizzy drinks so you don't have to have incredibly expensive dentist bills, all those things are kind of important. And if you're when you're on a really low income, you've only got to have one thing going wrong. The car breaks down that you need to get to work because you're not on public transport. Or suddenly you get an abscess in your tooth and that's going to, you know, be five hundred, six hundred dollars and whatever budgeting you have goes right out the window. And of course that's really stressful, really, really stressful, especially if you have children. And we know that most low income people are women and children families with women and children. So juggling all those things is pretty stressful and makes people anxious. And of course, we've just come out of Christmas and um, people want to give their children treats for Christmas or older people want to give their grandchildren presents. So all those kind of things that we expect, those kind of things to be part of society, it's really hard if you can't do them and yet there's all that advertising around saying this is how you're supposed to show you love someone. Yes, and even too, because I imagine the the food issue and the shift work, I mean, as someone who does a very light version of shift work, I certainly know that has an impact on your health. But even those things like you mentioned, the stress and 
feeling shut out of things like Christmas, Mm -hmm. does that have an impact on your health? Yes, it does. I think one of the ways in which we think about ourselves is in relation to other people. So if you think that everybody else is having fun and that you're not, or everybody else goes away on holiday, as most people do, but you're actually, it's the last thing that you can afford to do, then that's that that's that's tough because you you're not um, you're not able to relax and and regain your energy. So I think you know when days gone by, people could when I was growing up, um, we could always one of my uncles we could go down to a farm and play around on the farm, or there was someone who had a beach batch or something like that where everybody would gather. But I think those opportunities are rarer and rarer actually for some people who don't have holidays can't buy presents and so feel that there's a um, there's not the same kind of celebratory breaks in the year and those, those are really fun and those of us who are lucky enough to do it it's a really enjoyable time of the year mm. all right so when you're working those long hours you're not able to take those breaks and spend time with your family I mean what sort of impacts does this all end up having on your health what sort of health problems do we see cropping up for people you have a lower socioeconomic position. Yeah, I don't think it's just socioeconomic um, position. I'm a teacher at the university, and I would say over the last five, ten years, the student population has become much more anxious, and that's because they're juggling. They're juggling families. They're juggling student loans. They uh, often might lose a flat in the middle of the year, and suddenly they've got to shift and store their stuff and... <laughs> I mean, there's, uh, it, it's just this. There's um, work is more precarious. Um, student loans are here where they didn't used to be. So there's all uh, p- people try and um, manage their lives as well as they can. And um, but it's 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 much tougher than it used to be. I think. It's interesting you mentioned the students there. Uh, do you think this is expanding to have impacts on people? who it didn't used to before. Yes, I think it has. And I, I was pleased um, personally to see that the new government's bringing in this free, first year free for tertiary students because I think many of them are coming from homes for the first time or might be coming from the countryside into the city. There's a lot of adjustments to do. And if you can just concentrate on your studies and not have to take part-time jobs in your first year, I think you stand a better chance of getting through and that gives you confidence. So, um, yeah, I think I think the world is much more complicated than it used to be. <laughs> oh, yes, I certainly feel that way all the time. I'm just I'm not sure if I'm getting cynical as I'm getting older or if it really is all falling apart. <laughs> no, I just well, I mean, there's particular things in cities, you know, I have friends who are in who are in Christchurch and there's no doubt that those earthquakes and then the fires hit young people very hard and. Literally, when the ground's moving under your feet and everybody knew somebody who'd suffered in one way or another, that's kind of, um, that's pretty awkward. And the rest of the country, well, it's pretty disruptive and very upsetting. And, um, and you know, the farmers now with drought, climate change is no doubt going to um, mean that there are, are, are more uh, climate-induced events, you know, forest fires, flooding, um, those kind of things are very, um, it's not that parents can reassure children anymore about that because mm. this is, you know, the new normal. 
So there are a lot of things changing, and I think it's really um, important that we go back to the basics of sort of good, simple food and and having a secure house, which is why I've spent my academic career trying to ensure that we do have good, warm, um, comfortable homes that people are secure in and that they're able to stay in um, and not have to constantly be moving around, which is the case for half the population who are in rental housing at the moment. I think we've got to change that because that if you, you suddenly get a notice that saying that you've got to leave in 90 days and the rents, as you were just saying, have gone up even in Wellington to, you know, 460 average a week. Mm. That That's a lot of money on your, if you're a barista or, a, or or someone who's just left school and trying to go to Polytech or something. It's a lot of money. Oh, if I was a student these days, I honestly don't know how I'd pay for rent. Um, mm. I, uh, yeah, I am friends with some students and I don't know how they make it work. But then I look at their houses and the lives they live. Uh, and I thought I did it hard as a student, but I think they're doing it harder. But OK, so we've we've outlined a lot of the issues here and mm. certainly there's quite a few. Um, and I think it's easy to tell people, OK, you're dealing with health problems because you're not eating well enough. So mm. eat better. But what can people actually do with the resources they have? How do we actually realistically start addressing this? Well, I, as I say, I, I, I think your the home is the beginning of it because if you've got a home you can have put you can grow vegetables on the deck if you don't have a garden at the back and you can have sort of basic food or plant a fruit tree and make sure that you have fruit so I do think it's very hard when you can't um, when you don't have a house mm. and you're living in a car or something else but if we can get people into um, um, nice houses I think Wellington we're very lucky because we've got a lot of um, council housing of very good quality um, and I think we've got a very good public transport system and we're just sitting here looking out the window and seeing people exercising and um, Tara, the, the, the very nice new park so I think getting out um, playing on the lawns playing you see people now playing soccer in the civic square and the, and the turf there the green turf and going to the beaches I've been in this wonderful weather. I've been going down to the beach and swimming in, in the harbour. I mean, there are many fantastic, um, simple things that you can do. So food, housing and exercise, if we can get the price of housing down. We've got wonderful opportunities for just putting on a pair of shoes and going and walking around the green belt. Um, and those don't take money. And so I'm, I think we've increasingly... Um, we've got to value our public realm, that is our parks and our green space and our beaches and our rivers, make sure that those are clean so that people don't get any illnesses when they go to those. And those are those kind of simple pleasures which uh, childhoods are make, made of and and lovers can go out walking and older people can walk around that familiar track and uh, that they've been children or see other people that they know. So I, I think um, two of my children have come back from, or came back over Christmas, um, back to New Zealand, one permanently, <laughs> one not permanently, and it's the the um, being able to be in an environment that's pollution-free. You know, one's come back from England, where it's kind of, in London, where it was incredibly polluted, and the pleasure of being in clean air. There are many things here that we... Um, the, the the public realm is amazing in New Zealand. The clear skies, 
which you you don't see. I've just come back from China, and there's a permanent haze the whole time. Mm. So, um, and that's find yourself coughing, you know, you suddenly realize coughing. And the same, I've had the same when I've been working in um, Europe. You're just coughing somewhere and you realize, oh, actually, there's, you can't see the sky and there's just a whole lot of smog around at a kind of low level. So we're pretty lucky in New Zealand. Um, but I do think we've been pretty um, careless with a lot of our resources. And so I would like to see, rather than us building big houses going further and further out where everybody has their own piece of green space. Um, it's really nice to have public parks and medium density housing so we don't sprawl out. You don't have to ha run a car um, because I think that's that's last century. Um, I think we should be walking and public transport and bikes and electric bikes and that keeps you fit and if you're having good food and you're getting exercise every day then you're a long and getting sleep, which I'm not very good at, <laughs> too much working, uh, then I think those three things can really, um, um, and somebody to love, someone someone who cares for you, someone who, um, who you can share things with. Those are the secret ingredients, I think, or not so secret. <laughs> the spice that all brings it to life. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, what, yeah, what is the line there between saying, you as an individual need to take more responsibility and do better and then saying as a society we've got things going wrong and it's going to work better if we all make this change together even if it doesn't benefit or if it benefits some of us more than others. Where's the line? <laughs> I think that's a very good question although I wouldn't frame it around a line um, but I think we elect a government because governments with the resources um, and taxes that we allocate to them or that they um, enshrine in law or regulations uh, enables them to do something on our behalf that we can't do by ourselves. Mm. It's really hard for... Um, um, we, we couldn't build a public transport system by ourselves. We couldn't build affordable housing. There's no country in the world where um, the private sector... Um, builds large-scale, good-quality, affordable um, housing because it's not as much profit to be made from a 300-square-metre house than there is from a 100-square-metre house. So, I mean, there's more at 300 square metres than 100 square metres. So that's we we ask government to provide with good schools that children can walk to, um, swimming pools. I've been in countries where there are no swimming pools whatsoever. Um, you go to private clubs um, if you want to have a swim, but you can pay a small amount of money and go and have a lovely swim, or you can go to the sea. I mean, it's it's the amenities um, that a government can do that I think um, has to complement the kind of patterns of behaviour that families um, develop to keep all their members healthy. I don't know one family I've ever met or ever read about that deliberately tries to um, make family members sick. People. I was a clinical psychologist once upon a time, and people do their very best to make their family happy and healthy. But I think there are things that government um, can do by providing those amenities, by raising sufficient taxes so that they can help build and maintain those amenities that are so important. And I, that's where I think we have real potential in New Zealand. We have small scale, most of us 
know or recognize each other. So um, it's not even that we have to do kindness to strangers. It's kindness to um, people that we know one way or another. And so we should be able to... um, Well, it was developed as a utopia. (laughs) New Zealand was the last place that um, actually the the Māori migrated to or the Polynesian migrated to and it was the last place that that, um, the... um, what should I call them? The empire expanded to, and 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 it was you know it was set up to be, to bring out the best of everyone, and I'm still hopeful that we can do that. And so, of course, people have to remember to eat well and have sugary sweets very only very occasionally as a treat if they want to, but um, enjoy water and fresh fruit and and enjoy running and dancing and making love and. But there are other things that the state can do or the local government and central government that we really need recognising that when they make decisions about um, allocating resources, that they've got to think that the health and well-being of the population is really important and that's the thing that they can make the most difference to. Wonderful. Well, I could keep talking for ages there, but we'll have to... Leave it. Thank you so much. That's Philippa Howden-Chapman from the University of Otago, Wellington. Now, if you have a question about this podcast or something you'd like me to look into for maybe another episode in the future, do come and talk to me about it. I'm on Facebook at Francis Cook Journalist or Twitter at Francis Cook. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio. And until next time, have a great day. Go to Health, your guide to fitness and well-being for 2018 with Francis Cook.